Abuse of any sort is simply impossible to fully comprehend, but the abuse of a child ranks among the most egregious of offenses. In this episode, we're going to be talking about a topic that for some may be difficult to listen to, but will, of course, be incredibly sensitive to the topic at hand. But it's important to know that in spite of abuse, there is victory in Jesus. I'm Ben Houck, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of This Is Family. Yeah, the effects of abuse and neglect in a child are deep and truly do last a lifetime. Abuse, it grieves the heart of God, and it it should grieve our hearts as well. But in the moments when it seems overwhelming to deal with the ramifications, we can take comfort in knowing that we serve a Savior who can address the very real and personal issues of our hearts, no matter what the cause may be. In this episode, we're so pleased to have an amazing couple joining us to talk about their very personal experiences with childhood abuse. In studio today are Reverend Aaron and Sister Michelle Fridley. They're passionate followers of Jesus, and they served as pastors at Axe Church in Salt Lake City for eight years. Since coming back here to Indianapolis, the Fridleys have jumped in with both feet, the Bible study groups and teaching and preaching and really just reaching out to people with the gospel. Their parents to their amazing daughter, Shalera, and I have to say, these are some of the greatest people that you'll ever meet. Brother and Sister Fridley, welcome to This Is Family. Thank you for having us, for sure. It's our pleasure. Yeah, quite an honor. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, um, those of us who have known you for a little bit, uh, you know, have have seen really God do some amazing things uh, with you and your family. And and uh, Brother Fridley, let, let's maybe start um, with your journey and and uh, some things that that you dealt with as a child, um, not having grown up in church, you, you, you came into a relationship with Jesus later in your life. And man, what an incredible testimony that is. We could make a whole episode on, on that uh, topic alone, but give us a little bit of a picture of the environment that you were raised in. What was your home life like? What, what did that look like for you? Okay. Thank you. I'm uh, glad to do so. Um, in my family, we we had some different things going on. I would say that probably most of America can relate to. Uh, we grew up in a home uh, with my dad, my mother, and my two sisters, and uh, I, I was the oldest, not just of my my immediate family, but of all of my my generation, cousins, and everybody. So I was the oldest of all those, and my sisters were one year apart from me. So pop, pop, pop. Uh, mom had all of us pretty close together, and um, as far as like the church aspect. There was some church or religious belief systems that that had some roots at the very beginning that I guess I don't normally talk about too much, but um, my family was a part of a, a, a group called the Bible Missionaries, hmm. um, and so they were they were a, a part of a church that they were going to there, and uh, they were they were pretty strict, uh, very outward uh, motivated and whatnot. But that was, that was up until we were about seven years old. And so there was an understanding of Jesus Christ and, and something along the lines of at least the religious belief system of Christianity up until that point. Um, so, so there was some type of religious belief system there that my parents followed, but it was weird because they, you wouldn't think so with all the different things that were happening and the abuses in the home. And whether it was through, you know, physical abuse, mental abuse, 
uh, sexual abuse that we didn't even hardly we didn't even know was happening until later on. But all these things were 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 happening in the home during as early as as we you know come into this world. So wow. yeah, and so I'm sure that's um, it's a it's a it's a difficult thing. I, and in the moment, I'm sure it it's you're thinking, you know, I mean, you don't know. You don't have anything to contrast that to. Yeah, because that is norm. That was yeah, the norm for it's us. Normal. Yeah. Yeah. You you, you kind of think that a lot of this stuff is happening in every in every home, and uh, and so you know even just like going to church, you'd go to church and part of the abuse would be dad would take you out downstairs and and because you either started to fall asleep or you whispered to your sister or something that he'd beat the fire out of you mm. in a sense for everybody to hear. So you got the people in the church going, oh man, Myron's beating his kids again, you know, mm, wow. and that kind of thing. So it, it, it was, it was prominent all the way around from home to what understanding of church that we knew back then as well. And, and of course, you know, we want to be very sensitive to that, um, you know, so many different things could happen to children. And some of our listeners, you know, may have gone through some of those things there themselves. And so, while we want to make sure that to put context around what our conversation's about today, we're also wanting to, you know, we don't, we don't need to necessarily bring up all of the details, but, but you talked about some of these just physical abuse, emo, emotional things, even sexual abuse that, that occurred in the home. And so that uh, very, very difficult um, to walk through. Uh, Sister Fridley, I know you shared some things with us um, before we really started recording here that maybe I think is pertinent to, to the conversation about, you know, when, when your parents divorced and you were young. Yeah. I was 11 when they got divorced. My mom and dad <clears throat> were apostolic, you know, from the time I was born. Um, my dad was involved in some ministry and different things, but when he backslid a couple years before my parents got divorced, he really kind of became MIA in our lives. He was always gone. And when he was around, you know, there was a lot of just yelling and, um, you know, talking down to my mom and just a lot of stuff that kind of made us not want to be around him. We'd kind of disappear into our rooms when he was around. And um, there wasn't the physical as far as like hitting. Thankfully, we never had to deal with anything with the sexual abuse. Um, but mentally, he was going through his own struggles. And of course, his children, we didn't understand all of that. Mm -hmm. So once they got divorced, we were kind of relieved because we didn't have to be around all of that. Um just yelling mostly. And then um, growing up, I was around him. I had a relationship with him. I loved him, but I had a hard time respecting him and um, definitely told myself I would never get married if I wow. was going to be walked all over. Like I felt like my yeah. mom was in their relationship. That was my perspective. too and, and yep. afraid somebody would just leave again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I don't want to be my mom with three kids and have a husband walk out on me. I don't want that to happen. So, of course, my coping was, well, I'm just never going to get married. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. When I was younger. And maybe maybe we can actually talk about that, the coping, you know, um, before coming to know the Lord, you know, for you, Brother Fridley, what things did you turn to um, that you thought would help to cope with the trauma? So before I answer that question, uh, I do want to just say, because there are listeners here that probably feel like they're the only ones that's gone through some of the abuses and some of these atrocious things that they have, have faced. I just want you to know that when it comes to physical abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, uh, these things were happening to the fullest, basically fullest degree all the way around 
whatever you could imagine, uh, pretty much happening in the home there. So, uh, don't feel alone, uh, been there, but I think the biggest thing or the biggest takeaway to, to, to deal with this is the Lord can even help you through your present circumstance. And so as far as like coping initially, uh, I cope with anger, uh, from, from early on, I cope with anger. And if you was to talk, you know, a little bit about psychology, as far as like fight or flight, mm -hmm. I was always going to fight. fight. Uh, yeah. I, I very rarely, I very rarely ran from a fight. That's when what you were taught. I was taught. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people, they, they divert one, one or the other. Mm -hmm. I had some in our family that would fight where well, I would fight. And so, you know, when it comes to some of these things, um, uh, that was, that was definitely happening. Um, I would say that through some of the environmental things that were introduced to us, one of my coping mechanisms would have been being hooked to porn, uh, not even realizing that you're hooked to porn. It's just part of like the environment and all that kind of thing that was taking place up until I was 13 years old. Um, when this all came out, as far as what some of the things that I did not know was happening with, with other family members. So like I said, if you know, don't feel alone uh, when it comes to some of the things that you've dealt with because uh, in, in the home, I mean, we had, we had physical abuse. You know, there's times that we were smacked, you know, whipped with different objects like switches, belts, different things like that. Um, as far as mental abuse, degrading comments, uh, mocking, uh, neglect, introduction to porn, a lot of these different things uh, that were happening there as, as well in the home. Um, sexual abuse, a lot of this didn't actually come out until I was 13 years old uh, when my dad was arrested. And that's when I actually found out the overall problem that ended up sweeping our family because it wasn't just what took place in our immediate family, but my father had married another woman and they had like seven or eight kids or something crazy. And there was a lot of that all take, taking place and transpiring there as well. And so all this stuff comes to light as well as everything else that my father had been intermixed with, even with their wives and trying to bring other people into the relationship and just all those dark paths that it can take you down. Um, <clears throat> so as far as like um, how, how I coped, I learned that there were certain adobe means or pleasures that were in some of these sinful things that were going on, like being addicted to porn. Um, that was one of the things I struggled with. I wouldn't even say I struggled with, I just was into until it came out about my father. And then when I realized what happened there and the molestations that had taken place in our family, then I also tied together at an early age that this all started with my father getting hooked on porn, which it's like the gateway to deep, deeper and darker things. And so I realized I was going down the same pathway without going all the way down the same pathway. Mm -hmm. And so God at least gave me enough wisdom to see I need to change up some things and some of the pathways that I was on. And so from the time I was 13, I, 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 I had quit uh, everything that had to do with being addicted to porn. But it doesn't mean I had healthy coping mechanisms at that point either sure. because I would also... Uh, I, I would, I would work a lot. Um, I know I, the home was so bad that I tried to run away when I was 13, uh, realized I didn't have any place to go, couldn't afford to, you know, to keep myself afloat or anything like that. So I had to go back home. And then ultimately at 15, I ended up leaving for good and have been on my own since I was 15 years old. And so, um, that would, that would be part of the coping mechanisms that I would say that I, that I had in my earlier years. And probably the biggest one that I've struggled with throughout the years would have been, would have been anger. Uh, I kept anger with me. It was kind of a cloak. It was something that, that I was comfortable with. And so it, you know, it, it drove me, it gave me energy. 
uh, to be able to face a lot of the hardships and the th- different things of just even trying to overcome, which I think was a, not, a natural God-given coping mechanism, but it was only for a time through the yeah. crisis of of some of the worst times that I had dealt with. Well, you had the the flight that you tried at 13 that right. you realized quickly you couldn't That's run right. from it. Couldn't run so, from so it. So now you have the fight. Now you fight. Right? And but you, you got that with everything. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and now in your wife... Yeah. Uh, when she's a young person, now she's dealing with with the freeze. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your coping mechanism, Mr. Fridley, is, is you've got uh, this just uh, conflicted uh, part of your childhood and with your parents' divorce and your father and his anger issues and all this, and you're, you're just freezing. So you both dealt with it in different ways, but... She would actually get like paralyzed where for me, like our family, I, my friends, we would fight and punch yeah. each other out. We'd get drunk and punch each other out, hug wow. each other the next morning. Yeah. Not that that's what you do yeah. <laughs> for a husband yeah. and wife. Right. But I would raise my voice and she would just totally close off. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, what's wrong with this woman? Yeah. You know, because lifting up your voice, you know, even to the point of what she would say is yelling, what what merited the whole shutting off? So that yeah. was something that we definitely had to work through as well. But then how did, how did things change for you, Brother Fridley? Um, and then... Sister Fridley, I want to know for you as well, like what really once you got totally connected, I remember seeing you come, come into a relationship with the Lord here at Calvary and you know, got just built some great relationships in that, that uh, relationship with, with Jesus. How did that change the way, um, you know, how did life change? So that that's a great question, and that is the dynamic that has has switched everything for me. Is that the Lord taught me how to cope much differently than everything I had learned to grow with, uh, grow up with, and He helped me to see that through the power of His death, burial, resurrection, that whole plan that I could overcome anything and face anything through the power of receiving a Spirit. So I had some really powerful experiences in repentance. I had some really powerful things that took place through the baptism. Matter of fact, Brother Jim Sleeva baptized me up here in the baptismal tank. But when I got filled with his spirit, that changed everything. I was empowered to face and deal with things that I never were really truly able to to be able to face on my own. Can I interrupt right here to yeah. say with the day he got the Holy Ghost, um, he got the Holy Ghost in somebody's apartment and they called us and was like, hey, you got to come because we'd all been praying for hours at the altar, multiple services mm-hmm. for him. I remember. So it's, you know, it's like he's praying, he's about to get the Holy Ghost. We've been praying for hours. So we got there right after he received the Holy Ghost. And the number one thing that I noticed when I looked at him, I was like, you're like the peace, the calmness. He had gone from somebody who just everything was just, I mean, you could just feel it emanating off of him, which just always just an intense energy, like you said, like this anger just driving him and kind of just motivating everything. And he was just sitting on the couch, just at peace finally with everything. And the peace and calm and being able to handle things, turning to God and being able to deal with things in a peaceful manner was a new way of coping for things with him. And yet sometimes he would slip back into those anger modes. And there was, there was, a yeah. time or two where he punched something and people were like, oh my goodness, Where'd when we were dating, from? <laughs> when we were dating, it was like, are you sure you want to marry this guy? He's yeah. got anger issues. Yeah. He's punched something. What if he punches you? And it's like, well, I mean, that's, that's a real thing we have to think about, but you and know, how, through prayer, how did that 
yeah, how did that affect your marriage then? You know, you did, yeah. you did get married mm-hmm. <laughs> and still are, right? Yes. Thank God. And um, how did that impact your marriage? Just the anger? Well, I would say that, honestly, the devil liked to play on those things um, that people would say or that I had seen, you know, and punch a hole in the wall or whatever when he was really angry. Um, I mean, he turned to the wall, not to me, and then he'd walk out or whatever. But the devil would try to put a spirit of fear in me. And that was something that that whole freeze thing that I was already naturally dealing with, as well as like this level of fear. And it took a while to recognize it, first of all, to recognize what was going on, what I was experiencing, and then to, you know, to learn to resist the devil and resist those thoughts. Just because he walked out the door doesn't mean he's not coming back, you know, because he always came back, which I'm so thankful for. (laughs) Um, Just because he punched something doesn't mean he's always going to handle life like that. You know, like you had to have faith and belief that that he had changed. And the one awesome thing about Aaron, even when we were dating, that made me respect him more than all the other guys that I had even thought about maybe dating was that he told the truth. It didn't matter how ugly it was. didn't matter what it looked like. He was going to be honest and truthful with me. So he told me if I'm ever going to walk out on you, if something's ever going to happen, you're going to know about it before I do it. And so there was a there was a piece in knowing that, yeah. I guess, um, because there was a fear of, you know, divorce or, you know, how are we going to handle these things and cope with these things and get through these things? And so That's, there was a lot of things at the beginning that would just drag simple little arguments and things out because we just both were handling things in such different ways. And then we'd have to come back to it and talk it and back and talk and back and talk to, you know, but to you each other about it. But you had that foundation of trust yes. and communication, being able to... Yes, so the trust was huge. Yeah. And that was the foundation. It's foundational. And, and knowing that God was keeping us together. Yeah. It wasn't in our own oh. strength. Yeah. There were so many times in prayer that I was like, God, I don't know yeah. what we're, like, how did, like, I don't know what to do at this point. Like, you're, you have control of my life. You have control of our lives. I can't control him. He can't control me. We both know we come from dysfunction. I don't know how to fix this, but you do. So I'm taking my hands off of it. I'm letting you fix it. And it was amazing how God would just work circumstances out over and over and over again between people that would either talk to us or around us or just all of a sudden then we'd be more calm and we'd be backed out of the situation a little bit, not so intense with each other. So and we could work a through better, it. A little yeah, different. Each fight or argument or discussion or disagreement, you you just you come to that that stormy place and you'll learn to adapt better next time, even though in the process of some of the the storm, walls get built that you have to work on for years that you didn't realize you were gonna have to work on. But I think that's part of the process of becoming better and overcoming some of the obstacles or the way you used to cope with stuff. Yeah. It's like, just like going back to fighting. It just took me one time slamming, slamming a Christian brother in the wall because he would not get out of my face. He would not stop. I warned him multiple times. And, but then when I slammed him against the wall, all of a sudden it's like, uh, he, and where I thought he was going to come back to fight mm-hmm. or to do, and I was ready for it. He just looked at me with this total total broken and disappointment of the uttermost. And I'm sitting there like, this guy's provoking me to (laughs) some crazy year. And he's looking like he's the one that's hurt, you know? And so, but it taught me, so you can, you can do a thousand good things, a thousand right things, and you do one wrong thing and you got to start all over. So, so, you know, some of the processes like that had taught me when I'm ready to respond, I need to shut it down. I need to walk away. I need to take some deep breath. I need to pray for God to give me the power to overcome this because the, the other side of me 
following what I think is right or what should be justifiable in this moment is going to cause me more harm. And then I'm going to have to rehabilitate all that again. Yeah, and I've had just a couple of those t- type situations, just like punching a wall. Yeah, People see that and they're thinking, they think the worst. And it's like, for me, it's the best. Instead of punching somebody or I'm so angry and it's pinned up and it's got to come out, I just hit the wall. And you know? all those things, the past, the the, past. The, all of the, the hurt and the trauma and all that that you had to deal with culminates in, in those moments. Right. But, you know, Brother Fiddler, you said something to me when you first came in and we were standing over on the other side of the room and we were talking a little bit and it, it, it struck me in the moment. I want to bring it into this conversation right okay. now. You said there were times and times in the past when if we would talk about these things, yeah. that it was like touching an open wound. It was yeah. like pouring alcohol on a paper cut. It was so harmful and abrasive. But what you said to me was that, but now yeah. the Lord has healed the wounds. I still have the scars, Yeah. but I can talk about it. Absolutely. And so that's what we're doing here today. And, sure. and thank the Lord. Yeah. The, mm. the, the beauty of what God has done. And, and so we touched on it in your introduction, but my goodness, Y'all pastored a church right. for eight years. Think of what God did bringing you from those places of hurt to a place of ministering to people, I'm sure, with some of those same hurts. So talk a few minutes. This isn't on that line. This isn't sure. on, but I feel this is a good place to talk about. Well, it's, it's pushing to glorify what God has done in the future and, and not glorify the past. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know. How, how did God use what the enemy meant for evil, mm-hmm. turned it for good, and you were able to work with, with people that maybe had you not gone through those hard, hard yeah. hurtful times, you maybe never would have been able to touch those lives. You know, and I've thought about that for years and the fact that no one would ever want to relive those things. No one would ever want to redo that. But the empathy that you have, not just sympathy of something that you heard about, but you've experienced. This has been this has been one of the greatest tools where the enemy thought it would be for destruction, just like with Joseph. Your your brothers or the different people yep. around meant this for evil, mm-hmm. but God works it out for the good. I think that that's probably if there's something in my crazy life, if there's a if there's something that stands out above everything else, it's like I should be part of a statistic that's not doing what I'm doing right, right. now. Yeah. But through the power of the Lord and His and His love towards His uncon His 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 unconditional love and the the fact that He gives you power to forgive some of the worst things that Amen. you can deal with, yeah. Yeah. go through that now you are in a different place to be able to help so many other people. Mm-hmm. So the testimony that I would say that my life holds is is the fact that you can go through so many horrible things that you would never want to maybe even talk about or redo or relive. But because of that, now you can talk to other people. And because of this exact thing, what used to be a wound, what used to be a very hurtful place, now I can talk with, and a lot of people get embarrassed and get very uncomfortable about these discussions. Man, I could talk all day. Let's sit down and talk about, and we don't have to get into all the nitty gritty, but I'm not afraid to get into the nitty gritty. How did now let's, let's talk about how we overcome this. Now let's talk about, okay, so that's, it's a very hurtful place, but you know what? This too shall pass. This too shall pass. God didn't bring you this far just to bring you this far. And now I use, I use phraseology, you know, phrases like this to be able to say you can overcome. 
I'm, I'm a perfect example of somebody that overcame. So can you, wow. you know? And, and so, yeah, to that point. And you can absolutely. have a, a successful marriage. Successful marriage. Friendly to your, your, your Almost fear. Almost 24 mm-hmm. years. There you go. Yes. You, you know, you, yeah. you have that fear of can't, can I mm-hmm. even have a successful marriage? Yeah. Exactly. From your early trauma and that, that Well, time. and he just used the word forgiveness and that's oh, huge. Yeah. Yeah. God taught me, I don't know how many years ago this was, but there was a sermon I listened to by Brother Shatwell um, talking about the wounded spirit. And I didn't realize that's what I was dealing with. Um, Mm -hmm. I was dealing with a wounded spirit. And so I was reactive in a lot of ways that I didn't need to be, didn't have to be. And I could be much more of an overcomer if I would just forgive. And going through that process of forgiving, of forgiving everything you could think of in your life and walking through that with God and saying, this is what happened. This is how I felt. You know, this is how I handled it. Mm. Will you take this from me? Will you, you know, take this Mm. out of my heart? And like he said, then you can go back and instead of it being such a tender moment, such a hurtful thing to share with other people, you've got the healing aspect. You've got the peace that came along with it because you got to the point where you forgave and you truly let go and put those things in God's hands to work in whatever way he sees fit even to the point of handling those people and those situations. You know, he says, revenge is mine, saith the Lord. Mm. I will repay. And you let him do his job and you don't take it on yourself to try to seek any type of retribution from those people yeah. And what a in beautiful your life. picture, you know, the Lord painted in your family, Brother yes. Fridley. You, you briefly mentioned you had sisters in the home, a, a mother. You know, we know your father went on to prison, but... What a beautiful picture God painted through your salvation and coming to Jesus. You were Mm -hmm. able to reach your sisters. And if I'm not mistaken, one of them is a pastor's wife. That's right. And then your mom, she came into truth. So God took all that mess, all that, mess. all that mess, mm-hmm. and just cleaned it right up. Yes, yeah, that's exactly. That's yeah. beauty for God ashes. Do that. Yeah, only God. Yeah, there, there, there was that. I'm sure at one point in time, you saw nothing but defeat. It was just defeat after defeat after defeat, and God turned it to victory. And now the life you live, a life of victory. Man, what an incredible testimony that is. Amen. Amen. And we well, can pass on something such, just such a beautiful heritage now to our daughter. Yes. That, Think of I that. Mean, she doesn't even family. realize the that. gifts she's being yeah. given and yet. Nieces. You know what I mean? Nieces. And nephews yeah. and all of this. Cousins, oh my goodness. Yeah. There's so many people yeah. that have come into truth and experience yeah. what yes. we've experienced through what's happened here. But also when you talk about the family, no matter how hellish or how hard or how crazy your past has been, you're one generation of changing it all, mm-hmm. just yeah. like you. Your dad came from a real rough yep. background yep. and no one would even know by looking at your guys' lives that you've came yeah. from some kind right. of a past Glory like to God. that. Glory that's to how God. powerful our God you, is Jesus. in one generation. It can Glory all change. You're so, that's, Cursing that's can so turn true. to blessing. Hmm. Boom. Amen. I, th- I think that we could just dwell there and think about that thought. And, and I and I hope that our, that our listeners do. I really do because I think it's, that's where... That's where the hope lies, is yeah. that you're really only one turn away. One turn away. And that away. peace that Sister Fridley talked about that she saw in that moment with Brother Fridley, it's just, yeah. it's real. Well, we, we are uh, nearing the time where we need to wrap up the conversation. But, um, you know, if, if you had kind of some final thoughts, some, some last comments to say to maybe some other folks who, who are really 
in that time where they're really kind of going through this struggle, maybe they've dealt with trauma, they've dealt with abuse, they've dealt with these things similar to what you have. Um, speak to someone that's in that moment where they're looking for the victory that you have experienced. What would you say to them? I would say to, to remember this, that this too shall pass. It's not going to be forever. However horrible it is, this too shall pass. Let your scars be a testimony of what people meant for evil, but God turning to something very good, very powerful. Through the power of his spirit, you can face any giant, any dilemma, and overcome. And at the end, be looking to hear those awesome words, well done, thou faithful servant, and enter into his rest and refreshing and perfect love. So regardless of where you came from, that's that's the hope that we have. Thank the Lord. Well, this has just been such a, a powerful episode of This Is Family. Um, I think there's going to be a lot who have dealt with similar pasts um, or maybe in the middle of it right now, and it could really speak to them. So we really appreciate you guys being with us. And Brother Fridley, if you could go ahead and just maybe lead us in some prayer here today. Absolutely. Jesus, Lord, we want to thank you yet today again for your mercy and grace that is new every single morning. We want to thank you, Lord, not for the horrendous things that sometimes we go through, but the healing process that you're able to bring us when it comes to restoring and, and giving back what's been stolen. I thank you for your deliverance. I thank you for your delivering power. I thank you for the fact that, God, that you can put people in our lives, different situations and circumstances to change all of, of what we've been facing and dealing with to become something new, fresh, exciting, to be able to be alive and living again. I pray that, God, that you put hedges around the listeners of, of this broadcast and that you would put the weapons of spiritual warfare upon us, that you will Amen. protect our minds, Jesus. protect our minds, not just from the Lord. things that's happened on the on, on the outside of us, but also what's going on inside, our self-talk, the things that we meditate and think upon and, and, and that guide and shape our, our everyday actions. I pray that God, that you'll touch us, help us to be a people, not just on the defense, especially when it comes to spiritual things, but God, that you would help us to understand that we're King's kids, Thank not just kids Lord. to a bunch of worldly people that abuse, but God, we're, we're serving a yes, holy Lord. God, a yes, wholesome Lord. God, a God that knows yes, how to give Amen. good gifts to his children. And I pray that as we go out today, that Lord, that you will guide and order our footsteps and help us to face every giant, every storm, every battle that's, a, that's straight ahead of us with the confidence of knowing you will bring us out, you will bring us through, and we will be victorious in your mighty name. And Jesus, we give you all the praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank Amen. you, Lord. Well, my goodness, I tell you, I feel the Holy Ghost here right yeah. now. Amen. And I believe that our listeners are, are going to feel that same spirit as they're listening here today. So thank you all so much for being with us. Thank you for sharing your past and your history and your testimony with us. God is so good. Thank yes, you. So Amen. Absolutely. Thank you for giving us that opportunity. Hope this will be a blessing to somebody. Amen. Amen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a few moments to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you don't already follow Calvary on social media, make sure you like, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform at Calvary Tab Indie. We hope you'll join us next month for another episode of This Is Family. For now, we say farewell and we pray God's blessings on your family.